0: Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Phil Harvey. I'm an editor at Light Reading, and I'm joined by my uh, affable co host, Kelsey Zeiser.
1: Ooh, I'm affable.
0: Hey. Today, I mean, <laughs> you've been grumpy sometimes, but uh, it just so <laughs> happens bother. as we're recording this, you're affable. <laughs> I shouldn't pick on you as badly, but um, I have <laughs> other fine. people to pick it's on. Um, some of the people we can pick on today include Jeff Baumgartner, uh, our uh, cable uh, reporting expert. Hey, Jeff.
2: Hey, how's it going? I'm not affable today. But. Not affable today, <laughs> no.
0: I know that Alan Bresnik, uh, uh, joining us from Toronto, our uh, cable and video practice leader, he is, he is most certainly affable.
3: Yeah, I'm feeling fairly affable today.
0: Okay, well, that's that's good. All right, we've we've worn the hell out of that word. So, uh, uh, but everybody's checked in, and we're we're ready for a podcast. Um, so the the podcast today is all about. Um, we're going to be kind of talking a little bit about the uh, um, the the journey that AT and T has taken with some of its branding in the past. But uh, all of this isn't just to kick AT and T in the shins. It is to sort of make a larger point about the uh, crazy market. That is, uh, the pay TV market and the video market in general. Um, since we will be talking about direct TV, I should open up with a question. Are you, or have you ever been a direct TV subscriber? Uh, starting with you, Jeff,
2: I have not.
0: All right. Um, you are a cable or, a, a, cause we talked about this on the dish network mm-hmm. podcast. You're a cable subscriber, right?
2: Yep. That's right. We got, uh, Comcast here in uh, the Denver area.
0: And do you buy all the services, or just the TV stuff?
2: Ah, uh, see, we have that and broadband and uh, some of the smart home stuff.
0: Okay, um, so multiple services, multiple things, one wire. Right. Um, Alan, are you uh, are you a cable uh, subscriber as well? I am a cable subscriber, though I I did cut the cord for
3: video, but I do get oh, I good. do get okay. broadband and um, and uh, wireless with cable.
0: Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Wireless with cable—it um, uh, sounds like an oxymoron, doesn't it? <laughs> um, the uh, K- uh, Kelsey, do you you're a Directv subscriber. Or did you do the satellite, or did you do the uh, the over-the-top product?
1: We have the over-the-top Directv now, so it's like a, okay. um, I guess a, a skinny bundle. It's like paired-down yes. service, uh, right? Yeah, but most importantly, we have Bravo TV. And uh, the travel channel.
0: So that means what? Real housewives <laughs> yeah. and that stuff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, CNN all the time. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. Right. Uh, you don't have to lie. Um, Alan, do you, I forgot to ask, do you have uh, YouTube or Hulu or what are you doing for over the top TV? If you don't mind telling everybody?
3: Uh No, just Netflix right now.
0: Netflix. Okay.
3: Oh, and, and, and Amazon. We get Amazon too.
0: Okay, so you don't have the the live uh, live channels for or uh, live local TV channels. No, not yet, at least. What do they? What's the name for that? It's just we just call it traditional pay TV, I guess, or traditional broadcast TV. Basic um, cable. Interesting. Yeah, basic cable, I guess, is yeah. one way to Multichannel
2: say. Multi-channel
0: TV. Oh, fancy. Okay, that's <laughs> a, that's a good good fancy work. Um, so, Kelsey, in your experience. Um, it was, was your switch to direct TV? Was it from, uh, did you do it just when you moved into your house or was it something you switched from, you know, were you like paying more money for something else?
1: So we were with uh, time Warner and then it got bought out and then our prices went up and they wanted to lower our level of service. So we switched to ATT t fiber. Uh, and I think my husband found a deal with the over-the-top service. And then we stuck with it because we were pretty happy with it. So okay. it was based off of like a, it started with a price issue.
0: Right. Okay. So it, was, it wasn't was price competitive. See, I had a very similar sort of thing, except the price wasn't. Um, so I was a direct TV subscriber for a number of years. The pro- the problem was the the price I was currently paying when I switched wasn't too bad but i had finally gotten out of contract and that was really the kicker for me was mm-hmm. i was so tired of being under contract and having to call them every single year and like you know the price would go way up and then i'd have to call them and beg you know for them to um reassess you know uh, the bundle or whatever and i just kind of got tired of playing the games and then you look at the over the top providers um look like netflix and amazon prime and those kind of um, setups and it's so easy to budget for it because mm-hmm. it just, it costs what it costs and you don't have to worry about it going up or down.
1: Plus you get free shipping with Amazon Prime for That's true. a bunch of random stuff.
0: Right. Uh, Alan, do you buy a lot of <laughs> random stuff? <laughs> Only when you come to the States. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Um, so, uh, let's talk about a little, you know, so that I, I bring all this up because it's just sort of an, an interesting, um, you know, we're just, we're, we're, we're covering the industry, but we're also consumers. And this is kind of a cross section of like, what's really going on out there. So, um, you know, Kelsey switched from a more expensive cable product. Alan's cut the cord altogether. Jeff is still a traditional cable user and I've just switched from satellite to over the top everything. Uh, but I still get my AT&T fiber, uh, service. Um th- that I guess illustrates what's going on in the pay TV market overall. It's 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 kind of a mess out there. Um how has DirecTV, for instance, been performing uh of late? Uh Alan or Jeff, have you guys been watching what's going on there?
2: Um yeah. Uh well it's been kind of ghastly
1: <laughs> lately
2: for for Direct TV. Uh Versus Alan... affable? Yeah. They're on, right. they're on the it's ghastly. Not, not end. Affable. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, I think, you know, just on the satellite side, I mean, they lost like 750,000 customers just in Q2 yeah. alone. Yeah, and and like the an analyst I was looking at the report today, I mean, a lot of it was self-inflicted because you know, people are coming off these really deep discounts, but but then same thing is kind of happening at DirecTV now. I mean, they lost customers too, you know, despite uh, you know, Kelsey Continuing on, but uh, <laughs> right. uh, yeah, so th- they've had some challenges. Yeah. So I think, you know, they're, they're kind of in this weird phase right now where, uh, you know, they had a lot of uh, deep discounting, you know, and, and it did drive the customer numbers uh, upward, mm-hmm. but now they're all coming off and, you know, that, that's all coming to roost and, and, yeah. you know, they're kind mm-hmm. of resetting and, and trying to figure out, uh, you know, trying to keep the more profitable customers and, and try to keep churn in check.
3: Yeah, they, they had a real triple play, I'd say, because they lost the Satellite TV, they lost their DirecTV Now customers, and they also lost Uverse IPTV customers. So they lost customers on all mm-hmm. three platforms last quarter.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's true. I, I think the the Uverse thing is also, to use Jeff's term, self-inflicted because it, um, they, and we, you know, Alan and I talked about this on his podcast a couple of weeks ago or a week or so ago when AT&T announced earnings is they had, um, they they've been making a concerted effort to move people off of the Uverse platform. Um, clearly the, I guess the channel cost or the content cost on that platform is so much higher because the overall subscriber number is so much lower. And, uh, so they're trying to get people to move to direct TV and even that's not holding, uh, to some degree apparently. Um, and even I was, I was actually surprised to hear, Um, And maybe you guys could weigh in on this and then we'll go to break. What do you think is behind the whole DirecTV Now uh, product losing subscribers? Because that was sort of surprising because it is a less expensive bundle of channels and you don't have to necessarily have any special hardware to get it.
2: Yeah, I think um, some of it came again from initially they had people on very steep discounted mm-hmm. tiers and it was a temporary thing. And then when they rolled off of that, uh, people are like, well, nice doing business with you. <laughs> and, you know, they're not under a contract. Uh, you know, it's come and go as you want. So it's really easy for them to churn out and go to Sling TV or YouTube TV or, you know, any other virtual MVPD that that's out there. So, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, you had some cost con- conscious, conscious, you know, people and, and, you know, they're kind of deal surfing. And, and I think right. that, uh, you know, that, that had uh, a pretty big impact, uh, but, you know, heading into next year and, and so forth, I think, you know, AT&T is trying to come up with this. We'll talk about it later, but, you know, uh, kind of a pure over the top service with the, uh, that kind of replicates the satellite TV service and, and reduce mm-hmm. the costs and all that. And, you know, we'll, we'll it'll take some time before we know if you know that's going to be successful.
3: Yeah, I would add to that also that I don't think DirecTV Now is the most price competitive of the services. So if people are looking for the cheapest service, they would they would go somewhere else rather than DirecTV Now.
0: You know, the the one problem I had with DirecTV now, because I did shop that as a consumer, was the price confusion. They tried to offer so many variations of bundles. Um and, and you're right, not not a single one of them. There was maybe only one of the bundles that was really price competitive. Everything else was above what uh, YouTube TV was charging and Hulu and so on and so forth. But unlike those services, those services only had like one um, channel offering and DirecTV had like six or seven and it was just too confusing. It was just easier to sign up with something that only offered you one one bundle of channels and charged you one price and just seemed a, like a simpler thing all yeah, around. You'd
3: think they'd learned the lesson from cable operators of not trying to throw too many different kinds of packages at you at the same time, but apparently not.
0: Yeah, it, it does remind me of, of the old cable operator dilemma because they uh, that, that was one of the last experiences I had when I was on cable was uh, them saying, well, if you want to redo your contract, I'll, I'll just tell us which of these plans are more appealing. And they go through like eight plans. And, and, you're, and you're, you're you're just sitting there listening to all the different choices and you're just like, I don't know.
2: Well, that's I, when I, you can mess with them and go, can you mention the third one again?
0: <laughs> it's
2: like the waiter and the sixth the one. Yeah. At, the,
3: at that point, you just want to speak. At that point, you just want to say, can I just make my own plan? And then you tell me what you want to charge for it.
0: Oh, if only. Okay. From your from your, uh, lips <laughs> to God's ears. Um, all right. We will, uh, we'll hold it right there. We will uh, take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about uh, a couple of branding attempts from AT&T's past. And then we'll go through a bunch of their trademarks and discuss uh, uh, whether things are getting more or less confusing as we go. We'll, we'll be uh, right back on the Light Reading Podcast. What do you really know about 5G? Did you know 5G might soon replace all those wires at the hospital? Did you know that the 5G icon is mostly nonsense? Get the latest on 5G at the 5G Exchange, a free industry portal powered by light reading, providing you with the critical insight you need on 5G emerging trends and technologies. Visit us today at www.the5gexchange.com.
1: Welcome back to the Light Reading Podcast This is Kelsey Zeiser, Senior Editor at Light Reading And I'm joined by Jeff Baumgartner Hey Jeff Hello And Alan Bresnick, the King of Cable Hi Kelsey (laughs) And Phil Harvey, a.k.a. Future Phil
0: Well, hello Uh, Thanks, Kelsey And uh, uh, Your Majesty, uh, Alan Good to see you (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to bow, it's okay Oh, okay. Well, I just get in the habit of it. So, anyway, we're uh, we're in the process of talking about uh, uh, the pay TV market, and um, one sl- one way to look at this is to kind of go through uh, um, AT and T's particular journey and um, some of its marketing and trademark stuff. Um, I wanted to remind everybody about this one thing it did, um, just to show you sort of. And this is in the wireless space, but it's still indicative of how tough it is to um, to really. Capture the imagine, you know, people's attention and to hold on to it. Um, when I was going through their trademarks, I found a thing called M Life. And apparently, back in 2002, and I remember this a little bit, ATT ran about 10, um, 15 to 30 second Super Bowl ads for M Life. And it didn't really tell you what M Life was until the very last 30 second spot. Um, I grabbed a little clip from that spot. I'll play it in just a second. But in that, reveal commercial it was a series of people doing various jobs and in each case it kind of showed their belly button rather deliberately um so like for instance there was a woman on a ladder hanging <laughs> hanging a sign and uh and you see her stretch up to hang the sign and then it kind of crops in on her midsection <laughs> a little bit um, I know. This so, weird. so this is an ATT ad and it's it's doing all this kind of stuff and then it culminates with a woman in the delivery room and the doctor's getting ready to use the cord cutting scissors.
1: Oh my goodness. <laughs> I know. There and were so no women was... at this conference table for this ad development. God was, nobody wants was, the cropped in on their belly button. It was
0: what? a weird it was a weird ad and it was all about M Life, and so here's a, here's a little snippet of that commercial. We are meant to lead a wireless life. Now
1: we truly can. Welcome to M Life from AT and Wireless. Is that a witch?
0: <laughs> what cracked me up Welcome about that? To damn life <laughs> It sounds like a spoof right. of a commercial It does and what <laughs> yeah. cra- You're right on The voiceover was so out of It's pretty creepy uh, Out of sync with the rest of the imagery um, You know, they were like Here's this new thing And then it's like The service now- <laughs> is cursed <laughs> And now from the grave I would like to tell you about M-Life <laughs> What and in uh, the world i don't know so anyway that was that was it and so apparently at and was trying to link this idea of having a wireless plan with the intrinsic quality of a, of being human or not being tethered or or whatever but it it generated a little bit of buzz at the time apparently their um i was reading some media clips apparently their website you know their mlife website crashed that day because so many people were looking to see what the hell it was um but uh, the tra- they abandoned the trademark less than three years later, and I couldn't find any proof that M Life as a wireless plan even made it through the end of two thousand two. <laughs> so big winner. It's just Best. yeah. No. <laughs> I think the I, I mean that that voiceover said it all though. It was like it, it was one of the uh, yeah the whole thing of people's belly buttons and then the weird voiceover and then <laughs> like the MLife.
1: creepy grandma.
0: It was it was like an ad agency just throwing everything they could and
1: quick like, we've got to make a Super Bowl commercial
0: What is so crazy about it is like this is the you know that was not only just an attempt at branding but it was like it, I mean they threw a lot of money at that like 10 to 15 you know 15 to 30 second spots in the super, in one Super Bowl even in 2002 that was costing them Jeez. quite a bit of money Um so anyway as I I, I was looking through trademarks and saw you know, that one, it reminded me of, of that old campaign. It was pretty strange. Um, but in their recent, um, trademarks, uh, dealing with pay TV and, and, uh, and, uh, video, it's interesting that they haven't really, um, uh, finished that or, or, shaken that, uh, that tendency to use something up for a year or two and then drop it. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so one of their most, you know, one of their most recently renewed trademarks was the word UVerse, which at one point was the big umbrella brand for TV, internet, and voice service. And as we talked about, um, they were they were actively pushing people off of that service. Um, Jeff or Alan, maybe you guys can remind me. There was they also had two different trademarks with the word Gigapower in them. One was called uh, UVerse with AT and T Gigapower. And the other one was AT and T Universe with Gigapower.
2: Those are different. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean that was when they were trying to attach the Gigapower brand to the uh, gigabit service they were doing with the fiber to the the prem rollout. Okay. You know, with what Kelsey has, and I guess Phil, you've got. But uh, I think they're kind of calling it like AT and T fiber now or something. But so yeah, so I guess the idea was there was the team, this Gigapower brand that they latched onto with the u-verse brand you know that they were using and and in addition to you know trying to go you know for a record you know for the longest product name in history or you know for <laughs> like a weird attempt at branding and nested branding yeah you know, at least they didn't you know try to put a nested well i guess they did um a nested yeah. acronym. well i guess at t is not an acronym but yeah an initialism but kind of a, a nested acronym inside the nested branding i mean that might have caused somebody's had to explode, but you know, I mean, but it did kind of remind me of something. I mean, not to date myself too much, but, uh, star, oh, yeah. Stars and real networks, you know, early on, you know, did this OTT SVOD thing back in 2004. And, you know, they, they you could tell it, the companies must've like thought over what to do. So they came up with uh, stars ticket on real movies, you know, which is just, <laughs> just terrible.
3: huh? Like, that, like, that rolls awful. off the tongue.
2: Yeah. yeah it's like, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. So you just imagine like the marketing fight that, you know, came up with that. Man. But anyway, so, <laughs> yeah. uh, back- that's
0: a good, good example. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good example. Cause it, it shows that, that, yeah, when you try to, when you try to please everyone, you end up frustrating the consumer a little bit. Um, so the other, uh, trademarks they have are, uh, direct TV and direct TV now. So direct TV, we know as the satellite service, direct TV now is the over the top, uh, uh, video service that's like a that's pay TV what I service. have service, yeah, mm-hmm. delivered over the top. Now uh, they also have AT and T TV and AT and T TV now, and I don't know what the difference is between those.
1: I think. Well, I keep getting these whenever I turn on the TV. It's like, just so you're clear, soon it's going to be AT and T TV now. Start streaming, and I'm like, oh, let me just watch. My Bravo show. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. That
2: one's just a rebrand, like a straight up yeah. rebrand of uh, okay. Directv. Now the skinny bundle, OTT okay. service, and then AT and TV is um, kind of the bigger bundle, pay TV service that you know is also going to be OTT. But you know they're going to have like this Android TV box in the home. They're going to use for self installs and and really try to really reduce the uh, acquisition and uh, operational and capital costs you know required with an OTT TV service. So, uh, but still, it's going to be really confusing. Yeah, it's like, well, what's the difference between AT and T TV and AT and T TV now? In addition to you know just uh, trying to say it correctly, uh, (laughs) yeah, there's a lot
1: of T's in there.
2: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) actually, actually, knowing what they do, that's that's yeah, it's like good luck,
3: consumer. And and then there's and and yet there's yet another one, AT and T Watch TV,
0: right?
1: Oh wait, what's that one? Sports free
3: skinny
0: TV bundle. So it's like I saw that in the in the in the uh, trademarks as well. So Watch TV is different than AT and T TV in that. It doesn't have sports. Yeah,
3: and it's only for the yeah, mo- it's, it's only for their mobile subscribers.
2: Well, oh, they're boy. they're offering it for free. They're kind of bundling it into the mobile guys. But if you want to buy it, you know you can buy it as a standalone. Uh, oh, for I can't remember how much, like sixteen bucks. But it's almost like their version of what Philo is doing, and you know it's just a very entertainment focused sports free skinny bundle. But yeah, they are kind of. Tailoring it more to uh, for their mobile customer and bundling it in, but yeah, it's wow. it's just you know to the point, uh, you know, just kind of adding to the confusion of you know what in the wide world of sports are they doing, You know, <laughs> and,
3: and why do they think that the at t brand name is more powerful in the TV world than the Direct TV power- right. brand name? Right.
0: That's that one. That's mm-hmm. a good head scratcher there. Cause yeah. I, I, if they're swapping out, if they're doing a straight brand replacement with the other, I always associate direct TV with, you know, with watchable video entertainment. Yeah. I don't, I don't really associate AT and T with that yeah. as much. Um, I think I think they should do thing.
1: like an additional one where it's like AT and T Blockbuster TV now with Giga Power. <laughs> let's
2: see how many. Yeah, let, let's try to combine like as much stigmatized
1: uh, brand yeah. that we can. I think in you know, life <laughs>
0: with Giga Power.
1: Right, I like Me. life. I think they should. Try a new brand that's just mm, mm, life knife. <laughs> TV now.
0: Just 3Ms in the front of it? Okay. Yeah, that works. <laughs> Good Lord. All right. Back back to, to uh, branding weirdness. Two more trademarks I've seen registered by AT&T, but I have not seen in the wild yet, are the words televisionary and the phrase, that's televisionary.
2: <laughs> so... Mm-hmm.
0: Apparently, they're getting ready to be all like, uh, you know, double guns, double snaps. (laughs) Televisionary.
1: Hey. For the hipsters and millennials.
0: That's right. Televisionary. Hey, skateboard man.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's televisionary. How does that tagline grab
1: you? Yeah. It's
2: it's like, it's televisionary, you say? Where do I sign up for that? That sounds like
0: something I need.
1: I'd like a t shirt with that on it.
0: <laughs> I'll bring back the voiceover lady <laughs> Just talk about television.
1: Televisionary, you two can
2: be. First. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, another one I saw that I don't, I it, it didn't really, um, the trademark wasn't really specific as to what it was, but there was a, a trade ATT has a trademark called Unlimited Max, and it was a reasonably recent trademark, so it was something done, um since February, I think, um, has anybody seen that on any, uh, video or. I assume that must be related to HBO max, but I, I, oh. I don't know.
1: Um yeah, really. max sounds redundant. <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah, it
0: does. That's why it does because of the phrasing. I wasn't sure if it was something wireless related. Cause I was like, well, maybe that's wireless. And then again, watch TV is mostly a wireless product and that doesn't say anything,
2: you know, Watch TV unlimited or whatever. I don't know. Well, they have, um, yeah, they'll have like a follow up product. It'll be like extreme unlimited uh, max <laughs> platinum version. That, yeah, it's I don't it's know. Will there <laughs> be a skinnier version Dude. of it, just called
0: limited max? <laughs> that could be <laughs> <Skinny Max. laughs> extremely limited <laughs> max. <laughs> I um, I did want to make a point before we uh, before we get out on the last uh, trademark, which is an actual thing um, uh, that that I I googled and it's a real thing, but uh, um, it, just to. You know, the, we may be kind of kidding around about this, but this is serious business. AT and T Wireless, um, according to the uh, uh, commercial watching service uh, iSpot TV, in the past thirty days, they've had uh, more than uh, seventeen thousand six hundred airings of uh, AT and T Wireless commercials. They're ranking uh, now number ten in the nation in terms of uh, frequency of commercials from a single brand. So they are literally advertising. All the time, which also is interesting because they seem to be so. Uh, there seem to be such mixed results with some of their branding efforts, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in recent months and in the in the uh, not you know not too distant past. Um, the last trademark mm-hmm. I found that I thought was funny was AT and flying cow.
1: Are those the drone version of their their colts?
0: That is it yes. exactly. It's it's yes. uh, uh, cow stands for cellular uh oh shit i forgot that uh,
1: <laughs> <isolating> <laughs> i forgot wonder c- c-
0: cellular something something <laughs> yeah it is basically a cell uh a cell service that's delivered by drone so it's like a cellular mm. station that they can use that flies it, um, around.
1: like uh concerts and stuff and stadiums right
0: yeah and 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 they're like making Godzilla. i think a um a a renewed attempt to uh, push this as a disaster recovery thing too. So like when there's a, um, uh, you know, uh, a a bunch of people fighting wildfires or something, you know, something that's kind of, um, you know, connectivity uh, would benefit first responders and stuff like that. There uh, I saw some, material online where they were um sort of touting that so yeah at and flying cow I, I it is it's too bad it wasn't what i thought it would be because uh well i thought well now now they've really done it you know
2: well, it's kind of a relief yeah. i yeah i kind of was like well maybe they're trying to trademark you know something out of nursery rhymes and you know it's like hey we'll come up with <laughs> running spoon you know next year and you know uh some, well, something
0: we know whatever it is it's going to be televisionary and uh <laughs> We will go to break now, and when we come back, we're going to force Jeff and Alan to explain to us all the HBOs, all of them. We'll be right back on the Lightroom Podcast. Welcome. Back to the Light Reading podcast. I'm Phil Harvey, and joining me is Kelsey Zeiser. Hello, Alan Bresnick Howdy, and Jeff Baumgartner. Hey there. Last segment, we are going to uh, do a public service and also comment a little bit on the world of pay TV and just uh, uh, this has been kind of a thing that people were making fun of on Twitter and everywhere else, but uh, since. AT&T has purchased uh, Time Warner the HBO uh, platform is now theirs. And so it's subjected to a little bit of AT&T magic on the branding side. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we have, we have, uh, let's go down the, the, the four variations. And if I'm missing one, let me know, but we'll go down the four variations of HBO and talk about what are all the HBOs. Uh, so first of all, we just have regular HBO, which is, what it's available on pay TV, right?
2: Yeah, it's just the the kind of the baseline premium service, yeah, from HBO, available through your uh, pay TV operator. So, yeah, right.
0: So only only available through your direct TVs and your you know it's it's a, mm-hmm. a channel you add on, just like uh, just like Showtime or any of those others. Yeah, um, that
2: in the multiplexes. Yep.
0: Yeah and then uh and and it i mean back in the day it was it was a uh, it was quite an experience to have hbo because you could watch movies you know in your that that had just been on the theater last year in your home and you didn't have to you know have a vcr or any of that other uh hardware nonsense it, it was one of the original
3: um, pay tv channels it's like it's like over 40 years old now i think
0: yeah yeah and, and and of late and i say of late you know in the past 15 to 20 years they've actually been you know uh reinventing themselves but always seem to be pushing the envelope in terms of content creation uh with original series and original movies and that sort of thing um now we have a thing called hbo go what is that and how do we get that
2: uh so that's their like tv everywhere offering which is like another term that can cause headaches but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's uh yeah you need the HBO subscription through your pay tv operator but what it does is it gives you access to HBO content on you know tablets smartphones tv connected devices uh but you know it's it's kind of the uh the enhancement on the regular premium service
0: okay so it's it's not ju- it's it's only available to the people who uh, subscribe to the service via their pay TV provider. That's right. Okay. So you use that login, you get, you get the app and then maybe you have like, they probably have like a greater video on demand library. I would imagine on the app or something like that. Right. Um, Kelsey, you're a Directv now subscriber. Does that come bundled with HBO since that all lives under the same roof now?
1: Uh, that's extra. As far as I know, somehow oh, we got, okay. um, well we got hacked and then the person added uh like showtime and stars i think and then they're like oh you can keep those for a while so we have those (laughs) for now (laughs) okay (laughs) but i think those are usually extra but since we have a smart tv we can add in like additional stuff through prime if we wanted to
0: got it. Okay, so it doesn't so they haven't they haven't got to the point where they're bundling it with everything now. Right. Uh with 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 all AT&T is not bundling it with all their different pay TV products now. It seems like they will at some point. It seems like they're just going to use HBO and throw it in as a as a sweetener for every, you know, pay TV product they sell, but I guess that hasn't started. So we've got HBO, we've got HBO Go. We've also got a thing called HBO Now. And is that one? Does that one arrive more quickly than HBO Go? <laughs> <laughs>
2: like, wow. HBO, HBO later. It's, a, it's their right. stream- HBO is in a, a few minutes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's their uh,
0: streaming service. Okay, so that one is just available as a str- as a as a streaming service. You don't have to be a pay TV op, uh, subscriber.
2: All right, that's a like a standalone subscription service right yeah you know one,
0: one of those cord cutting rebels like alan or myself we could we could just subscribe to, right this. it's like right. they're like direct tv now that way okay okay well at least that's consistent so if it has now that means it's kind of that's like their hip way if it's hbo <laughs> now
2: that's that's
0: it means cooler.
2: as long as you got a broadband connection you can get it like right now it's television okay. yes yeah. is- yeah. It is television.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um now we've got HBO Max. That's the the fourth one. And I'm confused on this one because <laughs> that one oh, did is, that, did you hear that? I'm yeah, sorry. I heard that groan. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that part of your soul
1: just sort of withering away. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. So I won't I won't filibuster. What what is HBO Max? What is what does that mean?
2: Um well, I'll I'll start, and you know, Alan can add to it. But uh, yeah, so that's their uh, uh, SVOD service coming later this year. Uh, I think in beta. The next year they're going to uh, broaden it out, and yeah, you know, they haven't announced all the the content, but it's, it's like you know, hence you know HBO's right in the name, so it's HBO content with a lot of other stuff from the Warner Media Empire. So you're going to have stuff from. You know Turner and and Warner Warner Brothers and maybe some original stuff, uh, you know, to, to kind of uh, and and they haven't really talked precisely on how they're going to distribute it. It'll probably be like a standalone service you can buy, and I'm sure they're going to try to bun, you know, work with pay TV operators to distribute it. But you know, and you kind of look okay. at the name, it's like, well, you know, HBO and stuff, you know, didn't quite make the cut.
1: <laughs> HBO and Friends.
3: Right there you go. <laughs>
1: With Giga Power,
3: but then people would think that they carry friends, and,
2: right. <laughs> right? Oh yeah, they can't do that. Either.
0: No. Oh, if they do HBO Max with Giga Power, that would be that would sound so profound. It would sound televisionary. It? Yeah. it would. It would just be it'd be just amazing, like the most muscular sounding uh, video Google service. Power yeah.
1: Comes with free protein. The- <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, real quick though, the, so HBO max is a completely different take, or is it like, how does that overlap or how does it sound like, I guess it's going to overlap with something like Directv now, which is a, a, a more traditional pay TV thing. Is this going to be kind of more akin to what Netflix is doing or more akin to what, um, you know, uh, uh DirecTV now, uh, I think it's is- going
3: to be more akin to what Disney is going to try to do. Cause it's just, it's going to be mostly, if not totally their own content, their own time Warner content.
0: Okay. Right. So it's, it's, it's a, I guess it makes sense. It's a no brainer way for them to distribute things they already own, but, o- but over the top. So their cost of acquisition is really low. Um, the, the, the residuals on the content, I guess, can can stay pretty low because they're not having to pay a bunch of different content owners. Um,
2: yeah, what, what's weird about that is they're still going to have to, like, bid on their own content <laughs> which uh, and, and still, yeah. like, pay a fair price for it. And, and that's where it's going to get a little weird as they try to, you know, kind of claw back the most popular stuff they have in their libraries and not let it go to Netflix or another... Uh, service you know i think that they're gonna do everything in their power to in their giga power that is to <laughs> retain the best stuff uh you know for their service um but uh but yeah it's gonna be all on demand so you had mentioned direct tv now so there won't be you know won't be any live linear tv service there i, I don't know if they're going to do any live okay. events with it but uh most of it's going to be on demand,
3: uh, and, and in claw, and in claw, just the thing, and incloring back all that content from elsewhere, they're going to be giving up a lot of money, all the licensing rights that they're now getting paid.
2: Mm-hmm. That's right,
0: uh, right, yeah. That's where I'm trying to figure out is like you have to do that kind of uh... Alan, good point, because you're you're kind of doing that calculation of like, okay, do do we give up massive distribution? you know over many different pay tv services and and, and over the top providers to win the long term war of you know exclusivity you know keeping yeah. it all in house and only distributing it you know to our subscribers
1: yeah that's where uh that's where life gets complicated <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah well it's true though i mean they they have to kind of decide it's like hey do i Give up the, the near term easy money, yeah, to yeah. to to fuel, add fuel to this new service that uh, we're, we're plunking a lot of money into, and we're going to need this content to you know stand it up and make it uh, valuable. Yeah,
3: they're all basically kicking themselves <laughs> for having licensed all this stuff to Netflix over the years and watched Netflix grow into <laughs> a giant,
0: and now they they want to pull Oops. it back from Netflix at this point. It is always interesting to me that they've seen Netflix as such a, um, as such a thorn in their side. Uh, I, I say that for a couple of reasons. First of all, they always compared it to, you know, they always griped about it on earnings calls like, oh yeah. And these over the top providers, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, okay. But they're also like the, the single largest demand generator for your highest margin product, which is broadband. So you should be thanking them, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. Nobody, nobody who has a Netflix subscription is ever going to decide one day that they don't want broadband.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, um, well, they're a classic, yeah, friend and enemy to the pay mm-hmm. TV guys, to the ISPs. Yeah, uh, you know, to the end of the studios because because some of these studios they also, you know, Netflix signs them on to to make some of their original programming, and you know, granted, Netflix is paying through the nose because. Uh, for some of this stuff because you know it gives them they want to buy the exclusive rights and do with it with what what they please. But um, uh, so if I'm I'm a, I'm a studio, yeah, they, they are also kind of a friend. It's it's kind of a weird uh, kind of a weird way the ecosystem is, has been evolved.
0: Yeah, it it's um it, it is it is a bit strange. the The other thing that occurs to me as we're sort of talking through this is that um, when you have a, a Telco buying a studio, you know, a content studio, it it really does change the, you know, we've talked about how it changes the branding and the public perception and the sort, you know, temporarily at least. I'm sure they'll work through it, but temporarily it's adding a bit of confusion, you know, because of the the marketing and the various product names and stuff. And we're saying all this stuff in good fun. I mean, obviously this is a hard business and mm-hmm. it's quite quite a bit difficult to reach the consumer market and to get anything to stick, especially with all these competitors. But that whole behavior of, you know, being a network operator and a content owner, um, what's at and doing differently that, that, or, or I guess I should maybe flip the question, what's Comcast doing differently that at not doing? Because it seems like Comcast hasn't really gotten in the way of its content operations or, or I just don't recall that much yeah. brand and consumer confusion surrounding their stuff.
2: Yeah. Cause they, they kind of have to play both sides of it since they own NBC universal and, and uh, you know, cause they're a distributor and a content producer, you know, like, like AT&T has become, but uh, as you look at uh, what the plans that NBC universal has for its over the top service, I mean, it, it's like a uh, kind of a, A hybrid you know it's it's there's going to be a version that's like ad free that you could buy there's going to be an ad supported version but there but comcast that's also going to be offered i think comcast is going to be kind of bundling that in with to its pay tv base uh you know here in the u.s and also uh what it acquired with the sky deal so uh you know so Uh again so they're kind of hedging their bets and and trying to figure out a a business model uh you know for the over the top product and and uh, you know uh, kind of huh. taking a, a a lot of different angles what? at it.
0: Alan, what do you what do you think about uh uh the the where this goes next in terms of like you know all of these telco and cable operators get, owning content uh studios and then trying to sort of I guess, use every point on their network as, as a, as a, you know, as a way uh, for distribution.
3: Well, in theory, it makes a lot of sense. Um, but in terms of actually executing it, that's a whole nother story. And what I was going to say about uh, what Jeff was talking about is Comcast at least didn't, has not so far made the at t mistake of trying to rename and rebrand right. the services that they take over. they, they didn't try to turn NBC into Comcast, blah blah blah, or or turn Universal Studios into Comcast, blah blah blah. They they kept the name, they kept the branding, and they and they kept the association. Loser, AT and T seems to have a thing about renaming everything after itself, right. and I think I think they're doomed if they if they if they if they try to do that with HBO, the, the, they could kill it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's yeah. it's gonna yeah because HBO does have a the, the strongest brand of the bunch. That that is why it's interesting. This from the description of HBO Max, it is interesting that they're going to sort of fold in a bunch of content that's not what we would call HBO mm-hmm. content. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder if that's going to dilute things a little bit, you know, as well.
2: Right. Yeah. And you wonder if it. It could backfire, you know, uh, and, and what does it do to, uh, what, what, is, what does it do to, do? what does it happen? <laughs> how, how does that affect, you know, something like HBO now? You know, it's like, that's it, yeah. you're going to have some confusion in the market on uh, what each one's going to have. Right. And, and, they,
3: yeah. and they run the risk of cheapening the mm-hmm. HBO brand, right? which is, you know, which is a gold star kind of brand. You don't want to do that.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that's the that that that's the real danger is is um, tarnishing that brand, um, confusing consumers, and you know, in the process too, just frustrating them. I I, I think um, when people ask, you know, what what should I subscribe to? Because we you know we we get the question probably more than most folks about you know what what TV product do you think is the best or whatever. I always tell them, like, just pick the one you can understand. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, you, if you're very clear on what you're paying for and what you're getting and they've made it easy, then to me, easy trumps everything mm-hmm. else. It's like if, if you can and, and that's that's eventually I think what's what's going to work here is is that I, I don't necessarily think the whole um, uh I, I don't think that people are going to be as proud or as impressed with the Warner media content library as maybe some AT&T executives are. <laughs> awesome. um, hey, Kelsey, uh, as we wrap up the podcast, uh, I'll put some dramatic piano music on in the background. Maybe you could uh, send us out by inventing a new really? brand name uh, or, or a new commercial for, uh, for some, some, some brand new uh, pay TV service that we haven't yet uh, started yet. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> there, Any giggling. ideas? Here we go.
1: All right. Mm, life is hard. <laughs> you go to work. You take the kids to school. At the end of the day, you have to figure out all these confusing, over-the-top video stream services. With mmm life, <laughs> you can just relax into... Um, Bravo TV, yes, <laughs> right. ESPN, all your favorite channels for the easy, low price of twelve ninety nine a month. Mm, isn't life grand? Sign up now. Our we
0: will send you some free right protein. <laughs>
1: Giga power. <hour>. It's televisionary.
0: <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening to the Light Reading podcast. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Light Reading Podcast. This podcast is edited and produced by Tian Fu in New York. Our show notes are all available at lightreading.com. As a reminder, you can get the Light Reading Podcast from Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, and dozens of other platforms and apps. Thanks again for listening, and thanks for getting your telecom news from lightreading.com.